Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Welcome back to Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry here on OCRFM 98.3 and Colac and 88.7 FM along the coast where we're also streaming live at all the W's ocrfm.org.au and that was Bill Withers and uh, Lean On Me which is, well, it's one of the things that happens with with the uh, bloke we're talking with today, Paul Levy, who's in a book about the boy in the presbytery written by Monique Patterson, who is our other guest. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, the, um, I mentioned just before about how, uh, well, it was when you moved back over to uh, Mortlake after St. Bede's that you came across this bastard once again. Ridsdale, but it was done by because of the fact that you were playing up a bit, and so your mum, yeah. mum thought it was best that you go there for a bit of uh, you know, well, sort you out. Well, it's sort of part of uh, Ridsdale's grooming. Um, he didn't just groom me; he groomed my parents as well. Um, you know, and like. I don't believe my mum would have just sent me off to live with a Catholic priest that she didn't know or that, you know, so he groomed my parents. My my mum wasn't happy that I was going. It was more my father's idea. Ridsdale had got in my father's head and, um, you know, so when when Ridsdale... When we first went away camping, my mum went on the first camping trip, you know. So that that's what it was as like. It's um, yeah, part of their grooming. They just they don't groom just their victims. They groom whoever they need to 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 get to that child. Now you're but, saying sorry, you're saying they now because since you've come out about all this, you've learned that all the other modus operandi with all the other fellas that you've come across, it was basically the same from all of these predators, wasn't it? That's the same story. <laughs> it's, you know, and a lot of lot of the stories, they come from broken families, uh, being deafs in the families, um, parents have died. You know, Ridsdale went as low as... Um, burying a father and after after the burial though you know he suggested that he take the young kids a young girl and a young boy off the mother's hands for a couple of days while she got her head sorted out and he you know he abused them so that's that's how low they'll go you know and he did the same there he groomed groomed her their parents and um, or their their mother, and um, yeah, you talk of you know the anywhere you go, doesn't matter whether it's Ballarat, Salesian College here in Sunbury, Geelong, you know, they they they're all groomers, you know, and they they pick their targets as well. So now, with the effect that it's had on you, which has been well incredible, but nevertheless. You were able to talk out about it. How's it gone with your mum? Your mum is still alive? Yeah, yeah. My mum is, she's devastated. Um, 
you know, being from a very Catholic family and, you know, her parents were Irish Catholics. Um, my mum went to Mass every week, twice a week. Um, you know, she was practising Catholic right up until one day at the Royal Commission she gave her statement and things like that and she'd listen to so many bishops and that get up there and bullshit and she said I can't do this anymore with the Catholic Church and you know she'd been 76 76 years you know Catholic you know my father had to become a Catholic in Vietnam when he was over there with the war to come back to marry my mother um I went through a similar thing, you know, I met a girl and was going overseas and her parents would not let her come and she wasn't able to come and live with me unless we were married, you know, so, um, yeah, it's a fairly strong hold they've got on you. Do you feel that there should be redress? And I don't really like using the word redress because that sort of promotes a redress scheme as such where I'm more of an advocate for people going in a civil manner rather than just pittances as they're offering through the various schemes. But nevertheless, is there a redress or do you believe there should be redress for secondary victims such as your mother, the impact that it has had or does have on the immediate family and such? Well, um, we, we started to do a civil case with my mother against the church and um, the lawyers, after four years, you know, are still thinking about how they're going to tackle this because she'll be one of the first to ever take on the Catholic Church as a secondary victim. But it's going to be a lot harder, and I don't know if she'll, you know, she'll want to continue it on, you know. Um, yeah. I know my my four years of battling the church, or years of, but especially the last four years, I don't think my mother would cope with that sort of pressure. And that's what they do to you. The church put the church lawyers put that much pressure on you, you know, and try and blame everything else, and you know, it's it's a battle. It's a big battle. It's not it's not an easy thing. Um, when you say, Greg, like you say to people not to go through the redress, it's pittance, go civilly. Civilly is it's a big, big step. Um, I don't agree with the redress, but it does give people an opportunity to do sort of very minimal to prove their case and things like that and be awarded some money. But I don't, it, it's wrong and the amount of money is wrong and the way it's done is wrong on a point system. But a civil case, I say to people, you've got to be prepared for everything because they will dig up everything. The church will just dig it up. When we first started talking about this, and in Edwina and I, we've been talking about this and advocating against the abuse and everything else for over 15 years before any of the commissions, even Victoria, that the fact that people are now talking about it, which is we go back to the beginning of no more silence, the fact that people are now talking about it, putting ribbons up, people are now being believed and they're being validated 
um, one of the big things like with Chris was that he wasn't validated. No one would believe him that this yeah. had been going on. He shot himself in the leg. So things have happened a lot since 1991. With all the advocacy going on now and the fact that people are going through the courts in a civil manner, do you not feel that it's going to become easier, that they will not be able to do all their stalling and all the rest of it that goes on? Will it not become easier as time goes by? The same as talking about it and being believed has got easier. Not, not for the survivor, I don't think. Um, the, the wait for things, like um, I waited for the Royal Commission, I waited for the um, end of the Royal Commission, I waited for their findings, I waited for their recommendations, I waited for um, the Alice Law. So all that stuff, yes, that'll be easier. That's not there. But the church, they don't want to pay you out. You know, their lawyers are there to make sure the church only pays out the minimal amount. Otherwise, they wouldn't have them there. And um, I was a workaholic as well as an alcoholic. But, you know, when we went to, when we go to court with the church, they, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, look, he worked all his life. We didn't really do anything wrong. Uh, didn't really affect him, did it? Um, others, they turn around and say, well, he's an alcoholic and a drug addict. Is he telling the truth? Yeah. Um, well, well, that, you know, that, even just that workaholic is work, you work, work, work because you feel normal yeah, and you don't have it. to think not, about something else. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You're just yeah. working, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, yeah, it's complete, It you know, they, they just, the, the church will not make it easy for you to go and get a payout. And do you know what? I, I personally think that that is another slap in the face and another way that the church is, is uh, um, still backwards and not prepared to admit their wrongs because, they're willing to spend millions of dollars on these lawyers delaying cases um, when they could be helping survivors with that money rather than just being so backward and doing everything they can to delay things and to, um, you know, re-traumatise survivors like Paul. I think it's terrible. It's corrupt. And they, they draw it out like um, I think, Rough, roughly in the four years, where the last four years where it's been pretty intense for me, that this is the second time I've gone the Catholic Church, but this time was a lot more intense than the first time in the 90s. And um, it's, I took two, maybe three um, overdoses, suicide attempts in that four-year period. Now, you know, that's what I'm saying, Greg, when you – it doesn't get easier because you have to go and tell your story again and again and again and again to the forensic accountants, to the church's psychiatrist, to your psychiatrist, and then an independent psychiatrist. And then, you know, it's, it's – it is, it is very intense. And I say to everybody when they – 
look at this going down civilly. I say you've got to prepare yourself. You've got to have your support around you. You can't do it on your own. Um, you know, I, I, my car accident was a lucky thing that put in a support group around me with my psychiatrist, my GP, my, and then I was referred to CASA. Um, I had, through this four years, a really big support group and I still attempted suicide, you know. You know, you need that support group right from the start when you put your hand up for help. Yeah. You need yeah. to, I was saying to Greg, you need to have that someone that's actually someone you know that's there for you when you walk outside, that they're there yeah. to have that cup of tea or whatever it yeah. takes. Yeah. And that that's the thing, you know, like I had Michelle, you know, she's fantastic. She was my rock through it all. Mm, she's um, a wonderful but, you know, it takes that, just takes that little bit. She was at work. I was at home. Ridsdale had been on TV and Pal had been on TV and my court case just seemed to be going nowhere. Um, my civil suit, you know, and bang, there's medication and alcohol, you know, and doom. And I heard a bishop say at the Royal Commission They'll all be dead soon. Then we won't have to worry about it. That's the real good Catholic attitude, isn't it? That's it. So That's, they're just, yeah. you know, they'll push it out. And if you top yourself, poof, we we've, don't have saved to our it. we've saved our Catholic money. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's not very Christian, is it? No. Mm -hmm. I don't see, I don't think that they really, yeah, they, I don't think to them it's about saving the Catholic money because they're willing to spend millions on lawyers. It's about saving face. Yeah. For yeah. the church. In no, that the, face is, the face is gone. In that regard, <laughs> can I just, you remember O'Callaghan QC, who was the main yeah. person looking after Melbourne response? At one stage, I'm not sure, it might be three years ago, there was a, an article where through his office, there'd been something like $17 million, um, of which $7 million had been, or thereabouts, or near or close enough to $8 million had actually been passed on to the victims and he'd saved $9 million for his own coffers, basically, because that's what his job was, to, yeah, to minimise and make sure that um, the, the, this church was protected. And that's what their church lawyers are doing today. How does that make you feel? And do you get that? Now, I've not read the book, okay? Not as yet. I've read parts of it. But are we getting the sense of this out there into the public arena by through the book? Yeah, we are. Not so. We didn't sort of tap in too much about the battle, Monique, did we? Like, we did, but um, the... You could write a book itself battling the Catholic Church, you know what I mean? I want to put together a bit of a spreadsheet or, a, I don't know, a handout, small handout book telling people what they're up for when they take on the Catholic Church or, or take on any lawyer, really, because um, a lot of lawyers are out there, um, you know, you're a high-profile Catholic um, victim, 
um, we'll get a whack, we'll get a whack of money. And they, you know, they come across as your best friend, and that's the first thing I tell people: your lawyers aren't your best friends. <laughs> forget about that. You know, your lawyer might be friendly, but they're not your best friend, like they make out to be. You know, I, I feel. Uh, I feel as though with your book, though, I feel as though you've really mapped it out well and um, shown us where Ridsdale was yeah. and all about Pal and going to Rome. You know, the whole, you've really painted a great picture of that journey, yeah. Paul. Yeah, it's look, it's a small book with a big punch. Yes. <laughs> You know? And, look, and um, easy to read, easy to read, iconic, uh, great size well, to hold in your hands. Yeah, it's yeah. a heavy. I just wanted to say, um, yeah, that um, uh, at the book launch on Friday, and I think Paul would agree with this. It was um, really amazing to hear from some people that had read it and said it had had an impact on them, and everyone was just in awe of Paul and his bravery for sharing his story. Um, a few people got a bit emotional, you know, there were survivors in the room and a few of them stood up and said a few words. So, um, you know, there was about 50 people there, I think. And um, I know that Paul said he's been contacted by like a handful of people, but I know that all those people there were in some way really touched and grateful that Paul was brave enough to, to share his story. Yeah, I, I, I've received a lot of um, messages through Facebook um, from people that were there on the night. Um, you know, there was people there from when I went to school in Mortlake. Um, you know, they came along because they, they knew me, you know, and wanted to show their support from Mortlake. Um you know, I blacked out most of Mortlake, you know, I couldn't tell you, you know, but um, Gabriel and Gerald that were there, you know, the memories come back, the good memories, you know, childhood memories that I just blacked out, you know, and she, I think she even said something like, oh, you, your first girlfriend <laughs> from there said to say hello to you, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it meant so much because that Part of my childhood has been black for many years. It's like I've got a big black texture and just gone over it all. And um, you know? I'd just like to share something that she actually said to Paul, and I'm sure that this would have meant a lot to him. Um, she said, we always believed you, Paul, and that's another issue that a lot of survivors face that, um, you know, when they initially share their stories, sadly some people choose not to believe them, which is terrible, but I'm sure that meant a lot to you, Paul. She said, we always believed you. Yeah, yeah, it meant, it meant so much. Yeah. And, you know, it was just, it's hard to explain. The anxiety before leading up to the launch was, was pretty full on. And I, after about five minutes of just sitting up the front there with Monique while they were getting things together and I'd seen different people there that I knew, that anxiety um, come down and then when there was questions, 
not so much questions being asked, but when people were getting up and just wanted to say there a little bit of peace, the, the whole room had a really good vibe about the room, you know, for what it was and everything like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was very good in that way. Well, I'd just like to say thank you, Paul, for doing that, for sharing your journey, how hard that journey is to share. And I'm sure you got really into the zone. And I couldn't be there on the night. I had a hacking cough and I had a COVID test. It's not about me, but, you know, my love was there with you. Yeah, and, and that's I'm, the other thing. I'm proud lots, of you. Lots and lots of messages from people that, you know, from all over the world even, um, sent me, you know, good wishes and stuff. Good luck with the night and how you know how the night went and all that from all over the world. So yeah, I know I've got so much support out there, like you and and Greg, you know, yeah. and Monique. You know, you know, Monique done a, a great job in in writing the book. You know, she always checked to see how my mental health was, and you know. If I wasn't feeling good, you know, she checked the next day, you know, and then, you know, there was no no pressure to uh, to do a lot of it, you know. It was that was one of the the big things, good things about the book as well, um, the way it was done. Like I said to you, I spoke to a mm -hmm. Canadian YouTuber and her interviewing survivors. She's got no idea, <laughs> no idea what to do. <laughs> Paul told me about the experience and uh, it sounded horrific. Yeah. To me, too, Monique, an oh. hour and a half of um, self-gratification by the sound of it, Paul. Bit that way. <laughs> I, re I, really uh, feel, yes. I really feel with your book, Paul, that you're going to, you've touched the heart of all of us survivors and I really feel as though you're going to have more survivors come forward and contact you and other survivors. And I hope also that people that aren't survivors actually uh, buy and read the book. And what do we hope for the book? We, we hope also to raise money. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, we donated some of the percentage of the proceeds of the book to Loud Fence. Um, you know, Loud Fence is now become incorporated and a charity and what have you. And, you know, every, every little bit helps with charities, that, especially now with the pandemic on and things like that. Um, people aren't donating as much. People aren't, you know, people, jobs, are. it's all different now, you know. Um, it's a bit hard to go out and get people to sponsor things and, you know, um, sponsoring something like Loud Fence, you know, it's 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 going to be a lot harder. So we hope, you know, the money that we raise from the books helps Loud Fence and, um, yeah, they can use it well. Now, you made mention, was it Gabriel you said was the one who believed what you said and, and believed yeah. it all along, that... People who there's a lot of disbelief or people out there still find it skeptic skeptical about people who don't come out with their stories until 30 years, 40 years later. Now that it's changed, there's no more silence, which I believe is a catch cry of 
the loud fence, no more silence, you would say yep. that it's worthwhile opening up now? doesn't matter. It's better on the, now than on your deathbed? That's it. Um, yeah. If, you know, it's not... It's not a great feeling to have to to lie about your life, you know. You you know you, you people are asking you, oh, you know, what did you do as a kid? You went to school, oh, yeah, had a good time. Where'd you grow up? Oh, yeah, here. And people skip around the abuse time, you know. So living with it and letting it chew away at you all the time is, is not a healthy thing to do, you know. Look, you might press charges, you might go down the civil road, you might just talk to a counsellor for the first time. And that's as far as it might go. And if that helps, that helps. It might be psychiatrist, it might be medication instead of alcohol. Um, you know, they don't have to go through what I went through, you know, to through um, common law courts, you know, back in the 90s doing statements and things and then back doing, you know, doing it this all this way. Again, um, you've got to be a strong person and have that support behind you to get to get, to get to where I got to and I'm lucky to have got to where I've got, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a few you know times what, that... Um... Yeah, sorry, sorry, Paul. I was just going to say um, I haven't been abused and I can't, you know, say that I could understand anything, but I've thought about it a lot and I don't know whether Paul sort of agrees with this in any way, but I was thinking it's a bit like I'm one of those people that shoves stuff in a cupboard, like just shoves more and more and more in, and one yeah. day it all, all just comes toppling out, whether the, you know can't control it it's some way it's going to come out and if you just keep pushing more stuff in the cupboard one day it's going to come out whether you like it or not it's like yeah. a volcano yeah it is you know and the i know that people have suicide and that but i also know people that have died of you know cirrhosis of the liver and things like that um, they're not put down as a statistic against the Catholic Church, you know, but we know they went to school, where they went to school. We knew who taught them. We now know the the signs and it's been too late for people and those people haven't talked and they've died from alcohol-related health problems, um, mental health suicides, um, you know, Sing, single car male accidents um, hitting trees out in country roads um, you know things like that That all that sort of stuff the church has got away with that's yeah. for sure now well, tell us tell us what makes you happy what brings how you manage and what brings joy to you now now grandchildren <laughs> <laughs> glad to see you know I didn't I've had doctors tell me that I wouldn't see 40 I wouldn't see 50 you know um, if I kept going I, but now I have family and um, yeah that's what that's what keeps me going family 
And you have a beautiful fur family too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and me. Yeah. So. So how do we purchase? How do we purchase this the book? Yeah, how do we get the book? Which... Yeah, you can um, you can go to www.geniusbooks.com.au, and people can easily find me on Facebook as well, Monique Patterson, author. Um, yeah, happy for anyone to reach out. Any questions? Have a chat. You can buy the book there, and as Paul said, a percentage goes to Loud Fence. And Loud Fence, of course, you just look up Loud Fence on Facebook too, Paul. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and you can look up my my Facebook. My Facebook's a little bit tighter the probably than Monique's, but um, you know, there's links there that you can copy and paste to your um, pages if you like. Um, I've posted plenty of links to to where to buy the book from. So yeah, feel free to share them from my page as well, Greg. Because yeah, I've just got my Facebook a little bit tighter. <laughs> Have shared. On my Facebook, yeah. so people uh, can find it yeah. there too. Thanks. With, that. The, with regards to that, I'll just give out Lifeline as 131114 and the Victorian Sexual Assault Crisis Line as 1800 806292. And of course, the book has got all those numbers in it, right through to some international numbers as well for support. So people out there, remember there are all the support mechanisms in place there. All you need to do is put your hand up, talk about it. And, yeah, no more silence, Paul? Yep, never again. <laughs> never again. And, look, Monique, thank you very much. It must have been a little bit of a, well, not trauma, but it was a bit of an exercise in whatever for you through the learning curve. So well done you for the work you've done to, to be able to bring Paul's story to the world. Thank you very much. Yeah, look, my... Any trauma I went through was an absolute drop in the ocean to what survivors like Paul went through. Make sure you say, say hello to Michelle for us. And uh, if you've been with Edwina and Greg, we've been talking with Monique Patterson, who's the author of the book, The Boy in the Presbytery, which is the story about Paul Levy and his brave battle to end the silence. And uh, yeah, he was in the presbytery with Ridsdale. We won't say any more. Look, so thanks very much for being here with us on Community Connect in Colac on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. We have also been streaming live at all the WSOCRFM.org.au. Cheers all. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to OCRFM.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station.